The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi there, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to Park Lane. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. And now to this week's podcast. Park Lane is a major road in the city of Westminster in central London. It's part of the London Inner Ring Road, which runs from Hyde Park Corner in the south to Marble Arch in the north. It separates Hyde Park from the west, from Mayfair to the east. The road has a number of historically important properties and hotels and has been one of the most sought-after streets in London, despite being a major traffic thoroughfare. The road was originally a simple country lane on the boundary of Hyde Park, separated by a brick wall. Aristocratic properties appeared during the late 18th century, including Breedle Albane House, Somerset House and London Dairy House. The road grew in popularity during the 19th century after improvements to Hyde Park Corner and more affordable views of the park, which attracted the nouveau rich to the street and led to it becoming one of the most fashionable roads to live on in London. Notable residents included the first Duke of Westminster's residence at Grosvenor House, the Dukes of Somerset at Somerset House and the British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli at number 93. Other historic properties include the Dorchester House, Brook House and Dudley House. In the 20th century, Park Lane became well known for its luxury hotels, particularly the Dorchester, completed in 1931, which became closely associated with eminent writers and international film stars. Flats and shops began appearing on the road, including penthouse flats. Several buildings suffered damage during World War II, yet the road still attracted significant development, including the Park Lane Hotel and the London Hilton on Park Lane, and several sports car garages. A number of properties on the road today are owned by some of the wealthiest businessmen from the Middle East and Asia. Current residents include business mogul Mohammed Al-Fayed and former council leader and Lord Mayor Dame Shirley Porter. The road has suffered from traffic congestion since the mid-19th century. Various road improvement schemes have taken place since then, including a major reconstruction program in the early 1960s that transformed the road into a three-lane dual carriageway by removing a 20-acre section of Hyde Park. Improved crossings for cyclists appeared in the early 21st century. Despite the changes, property prices along the road are still among the highest in London. Its prestigious status has been commemorated by being the second most expensive property square on the London Monopoly board. Park Lane is about 0.7 miles, 1.1 kilometres long. The street is also one of the key bus corridors in central London and is used by many different London bus routes, plus night buses as well. The nearest tube stations are Hyde Park Corner 
on the Piccadilly Line near the street's southern end and Marble Arch on the central line near its northern end. At Brookgate, partway along the road, there is a traffic signal controlled by pedestrian and cycle crossing connecting Hyde Park to London Cycle Route 39, the recommended cycling route from the park to the west end. What is now Park Lane was originally a track running along farm boundaries. When Hyde Park was opened in the 16th century, the lane ran north-south along its eastern boundary, from Piccadilly to Marble Arch. In the 18th century, it was known as Tyburn Lane and was separated from the park by a high wall with a few properties along it, aside from a short terrace of houses approximately where numbers 93 to 99 are now. Tyburn Lane took its name from the former Tyburn, a village which had declined in the 14th century. At the end of what is now Park Lane was the Tyburn Gallows, also known as a Tyburn tree, London's primary place of execution until 1783. Author Charles Knight wrote in 1843 that by 1738, nearly the whole space between Piccadilly and Oxford Street was covered with buildings as far as Tyburn Lane, except in the southwestern corner about Berkeley Square and Mayfair. In 1741, the Kensington Turnpike Trust took over its maintenance as coach traffic caused wear on the road surface. Bidle Albane House was built on the street in 1776. On the corner with Oxford Street and Somerset House, number 40, built in 1769 to 1770. It was successively the townhouse of Warren Hastings, a former Governor General of India, the third Earl of Rosebery, and the Dukes of Somerset. The politician and entrepreneur Richard Sharp, also known as Conversation Sharp, lived at number 28. In the 1960s, Londonderry House on the corner of Park Lane and Hartford Street was bought by the 6th Earl of Holderness. He purchased the adjacent property and converted the buildings into one mansion, known for a period as Holderness House. In 1819, Londonderry House was bought by the Right Honourable, the first Baron Stuart, a British aristocrat, and later, during World War I, the house was used as a military hospital. After the war, Charles Van Tempest Stuart, Viscount Castlereagh, and his wife, Edith Helen Chaplin, continued to use the house and entertain there extensively. After World War II, the house remained in the possession of the Londonderry family until it was sold to make way for the 29-storey London Hilton, which opened on Park Lane in 1963. The street was not particularly significant until 1820, when Demetrius Burton constructed Hyde Park Corner at the Lane's southern end, coinciding with Benjamin D. Wyatt's reconstruction of Londonderry House and Aspley House. At the same time, the entrances to Hyde Park at Stanhope, Grosvenor and Cumberland Gates were refurbished, and the park's boundary wall was replaced with iron railings. Park Lane subsequently became an in-demand residential address, offering views across Hyde Park and a position at the most fashionable western edge of London. Number 93, at the junction of Park Lane and Upper Grosvenor Street, was built between 1823 and 1825 by Samuel Baxter. The British Prime Minister, Benjamin Disraeli, lived at the house from 1839 to 1872. In 1845, a house on Park Lane was advertised as one of the most recherche in London. Much of the land to the east of Park Lane was owned by the Grosvenor Estate, whose policy was to construct large family homes, attracting the nouveau rich to the area. The road became lined with some of the largest privately owned mansions in London, including the Duke of Westminster's Grosvenor House, replaced by the Grosvenor House Hotel, and the Holford family's Dorchester House, demolished in 1929 
are replaced in 1931 with the Dorchester and the Marquess of Londonderry's Londonderry House. The philanthropist Moses Montefiore lived at number 90 for over 60 years and a blue plaque marks its location. Brook House at number 113 Park Lane was built in 1870 by T.H. Wyatt. Later, it became the residence of Lord Louis Mountbatten and his wife Edwina. Aldford House was constructed in 1897 for the South African diamond millionaire, Sir Alfred Biet. Another diamond mining magnate, Sir Joseph Robinson, owned and lived at Dudley House at number 100. The character of Park Lane changed from prestigious houses in the early 20th century as residents began to complain about motor traffic and the noise from buses. The first flats were built at numbers 139 to 140 in 1915, despite local opposition, with shops following soon afterwards. However, buildings were redeveloped to allow penthouse flats, which became popular. The politician and art collector Philip Sassoon lived at number 25 in the 1920s and 1930s and held an extensive collection of objects at his house. Dancing partners Fred and Adele Astaire moved into a penthouse flat at number 41 in 1923 and stayed there during their theatrical appearances at London's West End. The couple were courted by the social scene in London and enjoyed dancing at Grosvenor House. American film star Douglas Fairbanks Jr. resided at number 99 when working in England in the 1930s. The black market fraudster Sidney Stanley lived on Park Lane in the 1940s and became known as the Pole of Park Lane. The Marriott London Park Lane at number 140 Park Lane opened in 1919. The site was once occupied by Somerset House and Camelford House. The site also includes number 138 Park Lane, which was featured as a home guard headquarters in the film The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. The Park Lane Hotel was built in 1927, designed by the architects Addy, Button and Partners. Despite its name, its postal address is on Piccadilly and it overlooks Green Park rather than Hyde Park. The Dorchester, designed by Sir Owen Williams, opened on Park Lane in 1931. With the development of the hotel, concerns were raised that Park Lane would soon become New York City's Fifth Avenue. The Dorchester quickly gained a reputation as a luxury hotel and one of the most prestigious buildings on the road. During the 1930s, it became known as a haunt of numerous writers and artists, such as poet Cecil Day-Lewis, novelist Somerset Maughan, and painter Sir Alfred Munnings, and it became known for its distinguished literary gatherings, including Foyle's Literary Luncheons, an event the hotel still hosts. From World War II onwards, the hotel and Park Lane became renowned for accommodating numerous international film stars, and it was closely associated with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton in the 1960s and 70s. During World War II, several properties on Park Lane were hit by bombs. Dudley House and Number 100 suffered major structural damage, including the destruction of the ballroom and gallery, though the building was partially restored. However, the strength of construction of the Dorchester Hotel gave it the reputation of being one of London's safest buildings. It was a safe haven for numerous luminaries. General Dwight D. Eisenhower took a suite on the first floor in 1942 and later made it his headquarters. The British Iron and Steel Research Association an institute responsible for much of the automation of modern steelmaking, was originally established at number 11 Park Lane in June 1944. It has since moved to number 24 Buckingham Gate. The contact lens pioneer, Keith Clifford Hall, held a practice at number 139, later expanding to number 140, 
from 1945 to 1964. The site of his practice is now commemorated by a green heritage plaque. The hotel trade continued to prosper. Construction of the London Hilton on Park Lane at 22 Park Lane began in 1960 and opened in 1963 at a construction cost of £8 million. Now, the value of that would be £171 million. At the south end of Park Lane, on the west side, gates in honour of Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, widow of George VI, were erected in 1993. The gates were designed to include bear motifs in an interpretation of a coat of arms. The Animals in War Memorial was opened at the northeast edge of Park Lane in 2004 by Anne Princess Royal. It commemorates animals that survived in wars and alongside servicemen. In June 2007, a car bomb was successfully diffused in an underground car park on Park Lane. The road was closed for most of the day for a police investigation. The road still attracts notable residents. In 2002, Robert B. Sherman, composer of the musicals Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mary Poppins, moved to an apartment on Park Lane following the death of his wife. He enjoyed the views of Hyde Park and, in 2003, painted an eponymous portrait, Park Lane. The business mogul Muhammad Al-Fayed has offices in 55 and 60 Park Lane. Trevor Reese jones the only survivor of the car crash that killed Al-Fayed's son, Dodie Fayed, and Diana Princess of Wales in 1997, briefly recuperated in a flat on Park Lane following the accident. Property prices on Park Lane remained some of the highest in London. In 2006, former Conservative leader of Westminster City Council, Dame Shirley Porter, moved into a new £1.5 million development on Curzon Street after 12 years of exile in Israel. In 2005, a report showed the average monthly rent for a two-bedroom apartment on the road was £5,200. Rough sleepers also made use of the road surroundings from at least 2012, with large begging gangs or other homeless groups sleeping in subways or covered shopping parades despite occasionally being cleared or moved on by the police. Many of the hotels and establishments on Park Lane are today owned by some of the wealthiest Middle Eastern and Asian businessmen, sheikhs and sultans. The Dorchester was purchased by the Sultan of Brunei in 1985 and, since 1996, has been part of the Dorchester Collection, owned by the Brunei Investments Associate, an arm of the Ministry of Finance of Brunei. The Dorchester Collection connects the Dorchester on Park Lane to other luxury hotels internationally, including the Beverly Hills Hotel and the Hotel Bel Air of Los Angeles and the Hotel Maurice of Paris. In 1978, a new branch of the Allied Arab Bank opened at 131 to 132 Park Lane, facilitating the interest of both Arab world and Western clients. Massimino Restaurant at 102 Park Lane serves African cuisine and is African-owned. Wolfgang Puck's Restaurant at number 45 has been described by GQ magazine as serving one of the best breakfasts in London with a mixture of American, European and Asian food. Owing to the property on the road becoming more desirable, traffic began to increase on Park Lane during the 19th century. A short section of the lane was widened in 1851 as part of the redevelopment work on Marble Arch. In July 1866, following the destruction of the boundary railings after the demonstration supporting the second reform bill, the road was widened as far as Stanhope Gate. In 1871, Hamilton Place was widened to allow an alternative traffic flow to Piccadilly. By the 1950s, motor traffic levels along Park Lane had reached saturation point. A 1956 survey by the Metropolitan Police reported 
At peak hours, it is overloaded, with traffic surveys showing 91,000 and 65,000 vehicles traveling around Hyde Park Corner and Marble Arch, respectively, in a 12-hour period, making Park Lane the link between the busiest and third busiest road junctions in London. Between 1960 and 1963, the road was widened to three lanes each way, either side of the central reservation. This required the demolition of numbers 145 to 148 Piccadilly, near High Park Corner, which had previously formed a line east of Apsley House. The work also reappropriated East Carriage Drive inside Hyde Park as the northbound carriageway, moving the park's boundary westwards. Additionally, a car park was installed under the road, which became the largest underground parking area in London. Care was taken to preserve as much of the park as possible during the widening works. In all, 20 acres of park was removed and around 95 trees were felled. At the time of opening, the project was the largest road improvement scheme in central London since the construction of Kingsway in 1905. The total estimated cost was £1.152 million. Now that would be worth £24 million. Further traffic signals were installed at the junction of Park Lane and High Park Corner in 1983. In November 2008, the Mayor of London then, Boris Johnson, announced plans to build a tunnel beneath the street, allowing land to be released for development and green spaces. The traffic improvements and remodelling have diminished the appeal of Park Lane as a residential address, since it became one of the busiest and noisiest roads in central London. In 2011, Johnson introduced spot fines for coaches idling on Park Lane. The widening of the road distanced the houses on the east side of Park Lane from Hyde Park itself, access to which is now by an underpass. Despite the traffic noise, the road is still upmarket, featuring five-star hotels such as the Dorchester, the Grosvenor House Hotel and the Intercontinental London Park Lane Hotel, and showrooms for several sports cars, including BMW, Aston Martin and Mercedes-Benz. Park Lane is the second most valuable property in the London edition of the board game Monopoly. The street had a prestigious social status when the British version of the Monopoly board was first produced, in 1936. On the board, Park Lane forms a pair with Mayfair, the most expensive property in the game. The squares were designed to be equivalents of Park Place and Broadwalk, respectively, on the original board, which used streets in Atlantic City, New Jersey. In 1988, the World Monopoly Championships were held at the Park Lane Hotel, sponsored by Waddington's manufacturers of the British version. Since the game's original production, prices on the real Park Lane have held their value, though average rent costs have been overtaken by Bond Street. In Arthur Conan Doyle's short story, The Adventure of the Empty House in 1903, Sherlock Holmes investigates and solves a locked room murder, which took place at number 427 Park Lane, the old numbering and which is referred to as the Park Lane Mystery. The story is set in 1894. In George Orwell's Coming Up for Air in 1939, several conservative and imperialist politicians are derogatorily referred to as the Park Lane Riffraff. The Mini Countryman Park Lane is a high-end four-wheel drive sport utility vehicle named after the road, where the company has a showroom. In Waterlord's book, A Night to Remember, which documents the fate of the RMS Titanic, a broad, lower-deck working corridor on E-deck, which run the length of the ship, was referred to the offices as Park Lane and by crew as Scotland Road. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at Park Lane. It may be small, but wow, isn't it an expensive place to live? But would you live there 
with six lanes of traffic going past your window just to get views across Hyde Park. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any other places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk or by our social media. It really is that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.